Welcome to the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler teaches the good news of Jesus Christ and biblical Christian principles that empower all people with real-life timeless applications for daily kingdom living. Now here's your host, Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler, sharing kingdom truths for kingdom living. Well, praise the name of the Lord, everybody. We are so glad that you could join us on today. We have a very special guest with us. Her name is Doretha Daniels. Doretha is an awesome, beautiful woman of God. She is sharp, intelligent, and very knowledgeable about so many different topics. She's very professional, and she knows how to take care of business. Doretha and I met about two years ago or so in the course of conducting a real estate transaction. And, you know, she did all her research. She knew all the right questions to ask. She made sure that I dotted every I and crossed every T. She's definitely a woman of her word and a woman of integrity. She is one of my best clients that I've worked with over the course of my 35 years in real estate. Doretha was born in Houston, Texas, and raised in Prairie View, Texas. She had an awesome childhood. She grew up in a loving Christian home. Her parents were committed and deeply involved in serving the Lord, whether through their local church or through their teaching professions. She was baptized as an infant and then confirmed years later around her teenage years. Doretha took piano lessons as a young child. She sang in the junior choir, was a member of the Episcopal Young Churchmen. She also played piano at two United Methodist churches, and she taught vacation by the school one, one summer. Doretha said she believed that she was a Christian and thought that she had to earn her way to heaven. So she attended church regularly. And at the beginning of her adult life, everything was going well. Life was great. She had obtained her Bachelor of Science in Computer Science from Prairie View A&M University with honors. She started her career at Shell as a program analyst immediately upon graduation. Two and a half years later, she married her husband, a very successful man, mechanical engineer, and they had their first son. When the child was two months old, she became a stay-at-home mom, and Aretha was living the good life according to society standards, happily married, good family. They had a good income and had lived, began to adjust the living off the single income. And then about three years later, she had her second son. So she thoroughly enjoyed being a stay-at-home mom, and life was great. Then at the age of 31, her world crashes. She became paralyzed from her mid back down, and she's here today to share her story with us. And we're so glad to have you, Doretha. Mm-hmm. We thank God for you. Oh, thank you so much, Yolanda, for having me. I appreciate this opportunity. Yes, at the age of 31, my world crashed. Quite naturally, it just caught me off guard, but it was such a crash. I didn't know how I was going to make it, just being flat on my back, not able to move, not able to do the things I used to do. 
uh, it's just it was just overwhelming. There was no light in the tunnel, no light. And for about a year to a year and a half, it was just hell on earth. And so um, I started researching a lot, trying to figure out why this happened to me. And in the process of researching, I realized I had not accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I only knew him as God's son. So that was a major turning point in my life. It wasn't when it when I realized it and then I decided to accept him as my personal Lord and Savior. It wasn't where there were bells and whistles going off. It was just me reading and understanding and saying, I need to make a move. I, I was on my way to hell. Wow. So... But after, even after accepting him personally, it still was tough. It was very tough. Uh, my younger son was eight months at the time. I couldn't pick him up. I didn't know how I was going to take care of him. I just knew I didn't want them to to go to daycare. That was my whole one of my whole reasons for staying at home. So I had to figure out what I was going to do. And it was suggested to me that I just stay on the floor and take care of my children from the floor until my husband got home from work. But I know that that can work for some, but that didn't work for me. That wasn't who I was. So I just kept working harder and harder. And then I went through periods of time where I would be angry with God. And why did, you know, why did you let this happen? And I'm a good person and things like that. But I kept researching and I kept trying amidst the anger and amidst many tears, many, many tears. But fortunately, when I was discharged from the hospital, a friend of mine was able to come down and help us for about six hours a day and she was awesome and she was a christian she had accepted her lord and savior jesus years prior so she was able to keep me on track when i would start falling and not doing things in the way that christ would want me to and shortly after me being home well a few months after me being home my youngest son started walking, so that helped. Awesome. And I was able to pick him pick him up because he was able to use his weight and kind of climb up my legs to get in my lap. And then my three-year-old, uh, he was the, my biggest cheerleader. He would, when after I started driving, he would go to the grocery store and say, my mom can do anything. She's driving. Wow. And, of course, that was like a big boost because they were my incentives to try to do better. I used to think if I just give up, what kind of example am I setting for them when they have challenges in their lives? So friend that came and helped us, she helped for about a year and a half. And by that time, I was pretty independent. Before she left, though, I wasn't able to drive because I didn't have a and a vehicle that was equipped for me to use hand controls. So eventually we got a van and it was transitioned 
to accommodate a person like me who could only use hands because I couldn't use my legs to hit the brake or the accelerator. I had to use my hands for everything. And I was so scared at first because I thought my coordination is terrible. <laughs> and I I uh, compared it to playing video games and I'm terrible at video games and you have to right. know when to move this this thing this way. And it, I said, this is going to be a hard thing for me to do. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle it. And then I used to think, I'm not going to be able to talk or sing to the radio or anything because I'll be so focused. But as it turned out, it worked out just fine. In fact, I got so comfortable. I was, it's sad to say, but I would even eat food sometimes while I was driving. So I don't, I don't advocate that, but just keeping it real. Exactly. So, so what was your um, greatest fear at first? My greatest fear was how was I going to take care of my kids? That was my greatest fear for suggestions given to me. But they were great. Um, they adapted very well. So that made the process a little easier after they got older. And how was your relationship with the Lord before then, the paralysis? Well, well, before the paralysis, I thought I, you know, I thought I was a Christian. And like you said, I felt that Christianity was about doing good and that eternal life is based on your works. So I would try to be the best person I could be. So it's interesting that I went all those years thinking that. And I, I just wonder if it's because I was mimicking my parents and their ways by going to church and being involved in church. But I wasn't really getting the meat of the scripture. I was when I was saying words, but not the words didn't mean to mean anything to me. That's the that's the only thing I can come up with. So one great thing, a major thing that came from the best thing that came from being paralyzed is realizing that I had wrong information, wrong beliefs, and I needed to accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Would you say that you were living off your mother's prayers? Oh, yes. I used to piggyback on her prayers all the time until after paralysis. And then it's like, okay, Dorit, it's time for you to grow up. And then when I got the knowledge that Jesus died for my sins and he wanted a personal relationship with me, he wanted to be my Lord and my Savior, then I quit piggybacking on her prayers and said my prayers just me not influenced by piggybacking on hers and then I went through a little bit of time well well about about a year or so I guess I would cry every day after my friend would leave that helped us I would cry every day that she left the home to go home I would cry every day for about 30 minutes after she left and that lasted about a year. And it, when it first started, I'm like, why am I feeling this bad? So I went to counseling and the counselor was able to bring out and point out to me that I was grieving. I was grieving like I would the death of a person. I was grieving the death of my body. And I remember when she said that the, a light bulb clicked on and it was, it gave meaning to what I was feeling. And that just that shot my healing process 
up a little because I was feeling so bad. But now I knew why I was feeling so bad. And she was so good. I only went to one session, therapy session. And I guess that's all I needed, just words put to what I was experiencing. That's beautiful. What helped you to understand God's grace through this all? Well, just knowing that he presented himself in such a way where I was lacking. So he presented himself in a way of, you need my son as your savior. I want to be the Lord in your life. I want to help you through whatever you are going through, no matter how hard it seems it is. That was major. That was just a major turning point in my life. I can't even put a value to it. It's so precious and so priceless. And, you know, thinking about being good to try to get to heaven, we would never, if, I don't, I don't believe we could ever be good enough. Well, obviously we can't, we can't because he wouldn't have provided his son as a sacrifice. But when you Amen. think about it, it's like, how, you know, how silly is that trying to earn your way to heaven? You, you, you're not invincible to where you can outsmart God or outdo God. So you do need a savior to, you need God's sacrifice. That's why he sacrificed his son because he knew we were lacking. How long it took you? before that you could really talk about it? As far as talking about accepting his, him as my savior, talk about paralysis. The paralysis. I talked about it from day one. I know you're not surprised. I, Beautiful. I'm such a talker, but I talked about it from day one, but in different lights. Like at the beginning, it was, I'm going to be cured of this. Anybody who said the word you will walk became my instant friend. I was so obsessed with walking. And I was reading something recently, and it is so true. Um, there's paralyzed people in the Bible. And when I found that out, that, that really excited me. I, that made the Bible become alive to me and the words just jumping off the page. And I heard a speaker one time say that when Jesus healed the paralyzed, paralyzed man he healed him spiritually because that's where he was hurting the most not physically and so that's what happened to me I needed a spiritual healing not a physical healing because what good would a physical healing do had I not accepted Jesus amen I thought that was pretty powerful it is yes it was let me ask you this what has gotten easier for you over time? Well, at, at the beginning, uh, like I said, I didn't know how I was going to take care of my children. That got easier. Also, at the beginning, I couldn't go to the grocery store because, one, I didn't have a vehicle to drive in. Two, I wasn't strong enough physically to handle transfers from one seat to another. So my husband ended up doing a whole lot of things that, I used to do so that, you know, put more stress and pressure on him that I didn't like, but couldn't do much about it. And then, you know, as far as maneuvering around out in the city, some places were wheelchair accessible and some places weren't. So it was a process. It was a learning curve. 
it was definitely a learning curve. But the light started to shine in the tunnel after a while. A little bitty light, but at least there was light versus before there was no light. Wow, that is so awesome. Now, sometimes believers talk about the supernatural power of God, you know, being manifested in their lives. And um, like you were saying, the paralytic and you needed a spiritual healing more than the physical healing. But what were some other ways that the Lord showed you his supernatural power? Was it be it through his grace or his wisdom or, you know, what else? How did he manifest that in your life? Well, all of that grace, forgiveness, uh, a good one. hope. Let me ask you this question, really. When you say forgiveness, did you have to forgive yourself? Well, not as far as why the paralysis happened, but I had to, he forgave me for, for going all those years without accepting his son. He, accepting his sacrifice. Now, the, I don't know. That's how I see it. Now, the theologians okay. might say something different. And let's put it like this. He understood that, that I hadn't accepted his son. He didn't hold that against me. Amen. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. Yeah, that's a better way of putting it. I never felt chastised because I was walking around thinking that I had to earn my way to heaven. It's just that when I, the light turned on and I saw the truth, he just loved me from that point on. And that's good because now you can share the unconditional love of Christ with other people. And I know that you're you're so easy to talk with. You've always you always have been. That's how we, you know, gravitated towards one another. We started talking about you know, similar things and about the Lord. And so now, do you find it easy to share with other people about the love of Christ? More so now than ever? Oh, yes. Because when I realized what, when I realized I had thought that you made it to heaven based on works, I was like, I was thinking there's probably other people that think that same thing. So I wouldn't necessarily just walk up or wheel up to someone and say, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? That's not my, that's not my style. But some, and I think God honors that because he'll allow me to be in conversations with strangers and somehow it comes up and then I can talk to him. I've, I've done that as a patient in a hospital, talking to people on staff. It's amazing how God has opened up opportunities to do so in the places you would least expect. Because who would think that you'd be a patient and instead of focusing on your health, you're focusing on, well, instead of fo- focusing on your physical health, you're focusing on someone else's spiritual health. Well, that's pretty much where you were because the Lord was showing you that it was a spiritual healing that you needed more so than the physical aspect of it. And, yeah. um, and when you focus on that, that just totally changed your perspective about God, period, right? Yes. it cha- Yeah, it changed my perspective on life. Yes, it changed my perspective on God. Yeah, it, it, it was a life-changing. It is a life-changing experience and a life-changing decision. And now it's been, is it 30 years, Doretha? Uh, yes, over 30, I think, uh, 34 years. That's another thing. At the beginning, I could tell you to the 
minute how long it had been. Now I have to think about it. And it's it's amazing to see what God has done in my life in 34 years. It's just amazing. I never would have thought that I'd be so free with talking about it. I never would have thought that I would have um, experienced so many different things that I've experienced from the wheelchair. You know, like when we had World, being able to go to World and ride in some of the rides. Uh, uh, the ADA came out, uh, it was a couple of years after I was paralyzed. So I took that as a sign from God that he was helping me with changing laws and making requirements mandatory in businesses and places of um, like parks and stuff like that. So it's it's been amazing. That is God's amazing grace and his amazing love, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. let's say right now somebody's listening, Doretha, maybe um, a young lady or our man, and they've just been given a di- prognosis, rather, from their physician that they will experience paralysis in their body. And they might be just wondering or questioning God right now. What advice would you give them? Uh now, in that case, I would ask them, how do they feel? What are their thoughts about God and Jesus? For the simple fact of trying to see where they are, are they? do they even care about God? Have they accepted God's sacrifice? Or are they dependent on works? So depending on what their answer is would determine what I would say next. But if they've already accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I would suggest to them to cling on to him and never let go and he will he will take care of them and I would share how when I was at my lowest point and how God brought me through all of that and share all the experiences and things I've done or he's done through me I would share that to help give them hope I would offer my phone number to if they ever need someone to talk to at any time of the day or night, I would be willing to be there to support them in that way. Now, for the for the person that hasn't accepted Jesus, I think I would talk to them and say, "Help me understand what your feelings are about it," and depending on their answer, would determine which way I would go in the conversation. Um, but I, but in all of the scenarios. I would encourage them to develop a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and watch him work in their lives. That's awesome. Would there be any other closing comments that you would have right now for us? No, I think we covered we covered quite a bit. Absolutely. Covered 34 years and 30 minutes. Absolutely. Well, you have been <laughs> such yes, you have been such a blessing. And thank you so much for coming on the show. What I'd like for you to do is please go ahead and pray uh, and close us out in prayer, please. Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for taking care of us every day. Thank you for loving us every day. For those who may be listening that are going through some type of medical health challenge, I ask that you draw close to them and let them know that you're right by their side every step of the way. Thank you for Jesus sacrificing him for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Amen. God bless you, Dorita. Thank you again so much for being on the show. And we do appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Please subscribe to our podcast so you will know when the next episode is published. To hear more biblical teachings and give to support the ministry, please visit our website at www.thekingdomtruth.org. That is www.thekingdomtruth.org. God bless you until we meet again.